Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Travis with Fool and Scholar Productions. I'm the producer of The White Vault, and I create all of the scary sounds that you enjoy. Um, Today, we are not producing an episode of The White Vault. We're doing something different. The White Vault will return in two weeks, but it's the holidays. It's Hanukkah. uh, It's Krampusnacht. It's Christmas and Kwanzaa. We hope you're all enjoying your time with family. We're trying to do the same on our end. So Caitlin and I have taken... Uh, the, the two weeks off because we're a two-person production team and we are doing something special for you today instead of an episode of the white vault we have a very special discussion here that we hope you enjoy also if you are a patron you will be receiving a very special bonus episode called the white alt it is a comedy short similar to the one we did last year with Athor. only instead this one is with david alt starring david alt as every character in the white vault so we hope you enjoy our very Bavarian Krampusnacht special. Hey, Yay. over there we have... Caitlin Stats. <laughs> I'm the writer for The White Vault. And happy holiday season to everybody. Happy hopefully. happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, Merry Yuletide. We have a very special guest with us today, all the way from Bavaria. We have Kessie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty metal. And uh, Kessie, how do how do people know you? Because they barely hear our real names. Uh, what do you mean? How do they know me? Um, Who Ke- are you? Oh, in, in the, on the white wall. White wall. Yes, <laughs> I play Karina. Doctor Karina Schumacher Weiss. Doctor Karina. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, um, who is who is Kessie, uh, the Bavarian Lady of Bunnies? We know you're an artist, an actress, a writer, a translator. What, what are all these hats? Give us a little bit more background who you are. I don't know. I think you just summed everything up. <laughs> That's just about everything I am. <laughs> so what sort of art do you do? What sort of art? I mostly do podcast art these days. I've done a lot of uh, artwork for other podcasts other than the White World, like uh, <laughs> Scottish Podcast, for example, or um, Small Town Horror. Whatever else have I done? Did you do the one for Who Killed Julie? Yeah. Yes, that one as well. And um, Mad- Diary of a Madman. <laughs> yes. Subject found. Uh, basically everything from pulsating. <laughs> and I think we need to clarify to the people who listen, who don't listen to Dark Dice, why it is that Travis calls you the Lady of Bunnies, because no one's going to know why. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist, I have a lot of bunnies. She doesn't just have a lot of them. She posts <laughs> adorable videos and pictures all the time. 
and we get them in our group chats <laughs> and we get them on Facebook and it's just like I think you have our our favorite one is Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you Spoon properly the say the name of your your Facebook group? Because it's a Facebook group and it's like really popular in South America, if I understand correctly. <laughs> I don't know. It changes every time I post something. <laughs> so my um, the, the, it's a page, not a group, and the page is called Obedicity uh, Bunnies in Abundance. <laughs> <laughs> Obedicity is a pun, or rather, no, wait. The acronym means obsessive bunny disorder which is a play on OCD. <laughs> and I punned it even more. I made it obesity, which is a pun to obesity because I'm obese with bunnies. <laughs> I love it. But I do recommend checking it out because they're adorable. And it's just fun. I, the world is so uh, negative all the time. So it's nice just to see like cute bunny pictures. Sometimes they're eating things. I love when they're eating things. <laughs> they look so regal, too. They're very regal. So how did you first get into to bunnies? Where did this, this obsession, this dark obsession begin? Because we're, we're all about horror in the White Vault, and I think the true horror is... I, yes, I don't know bunnies. I have a horror story about bunnies. It's actually um, a real plot twist that I have bunnies nowadays, because when I was a child, when I was, I think, eight or somewhere between eight to ten, um, at some point I watched the movie Watership Down, you don't okay. know it? I'm not familiar with that film. It's uh, known to be the most horrifying, um, mind-fucking children <laughs> cartoon ever. Because it's yep. about rabbits that slice each other up and you see all the guts flying about and blood flowing out of them. And yes, I watched when, that when I was eight. When cartoons <laughs> weren't so uh, is this And this is for children? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's not like South Park. It's, it's for actual children. Okay. Yes. And it's also not South Park style. It's um, it's uh, very realistic, not not realistic, but for the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I was sixteen, a friend of mine had uh, a bunch of bunnies. What well, she she used to have two, but then they multiplied, and she didn't <laughs> know where to put them. And um, I I really wanted a pet at that time, and I had uh, I'm allergic to cats and dogs. So I begged my parents on my knees to get bunnies. <laughs> and now how many do you have? Um, at this point, I have six. Oh, But six. the most I had at one point, because I also had accidental litters, was I think 12 or something, or 16, something like that. I cannot remember the, the amount of bunnies I had at one point. <laughs> Quite a few bunnies. <laughs> yes. Is that is that considered a herd of bunnies? Uh, it's a grouping of. The correct term is a fluffle. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a fluffle. I love it. But I call mine a pack. <laughs> the pack of bunnies. Yes. <laughs> so we've got some questions for you from people in our, our Facebook group, yes. uh, the White Belt Facebook group, from Reddit as well. I think uh, the first one being, how did you find and then join Fool and Scholar Productions, Cassie? Um. Well, I found you, I think, way before you casted for the White Vault. I, I remember I knew Liberty already at that point. I cannot remember if I listened to it before or after you cast me, but I was aware of you. We exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, I got to the White Vault when you put out a casting call for a female German and uh, someone tagged me in, in that. Yeah, I remember. It wasn't the ADPP back then. I still remember... Um, we were in our old house and Travis was like, oh, you have to listen to this audition for the for the German. <laughs> and uh, he had me like sit down at the dining room table with uh, these headphones, the Klipsch headphones. And you sat me down and I hated I hated those chairs. They were so uncomfortable. They were very uncomfortable. And I was like wrapped up in a panda blanket and I was like, <laughs> OK, fine, I'll, I'll go ahead and listen. And. So like, as oh, you're picturing yeah. the most horrifying things we're creating, you have to picture Caitlin in a panda blanket in the Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really uncomfortable chair. It wasn't because it was cold. It was because the blanket was like padding against <laughs> an incredibly uncomfortable chair. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's 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 Karina. That's Dr. <laughs> Schumacher Weiss. And it, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Thank you for being part of our show. <laughs> Your well, audition you. was also particularly awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for picking me. I, I still remember <laughs> that um, when I wanted to record the audition, I uh, the first um, thought I had was, I don't really want to voice act, so I wanted my <laughs> sis to do it. So I had her record it while we were at work 
in between uh, <laughs> during our break. And um, so I think the audition file you sent had always two characters. So we took turns. One of us always read Karina, and then um, afterwards we switched. I think one of you was Graham. Graham or Jonas, I forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny to hear. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I remember you sent in your sis as well. And I mean, I, she did great, but you were just, you were <laughs> so much closer to the voice I had in my head. And you're so funny, which is really not what we were going for, but it worked. <laughs> and, and in the middle of the, the audition as well, I don't know if you remember this, like, some some German guy just interrupted. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was my coworker, uh, who who uh, studied the German language. So the first thing he did, he was like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Well, because we were on our break, we were basically eating while we were recording, <laughs> and he just snuck up uh, uh, behind us, and then he started giving us tips like. Oh, if you want to do a German accent, you have to pronounce it like this, and uh, the German <laughs> accent does stuff like this. And because I didn't want to, uh, I wanted to send you the audition because I think I was already very late with uh, sending you anything. Um, I just sent you the file directly from my phone as I recorded. I was like, "You figured this out." <laughs> That's why I didn't even cut the guy yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, because he actually didn't he bring you food in the background? Uh, no, he's ju- was- he just said. Uh, Wait, what's the English? You talked uh, about food. Yeah, yeah. He was saying "guten uh, appetit," um, basically like "bon appetit." Bon, bon, oh yeah. What is it called? I don't know what you you, bon appetit, you English yeah. speakers say. <laughs> Good eats. Good eats. So to clarify, <laughs> you're you're German. You're in Germany, and you're getting tips from one of your coworkers on how to sound more German in an interview. Yes. Uh, in <laughs> okay. Just so that the listeners understand, like that's okay. Cool. <laughs> because we were we were ask we were talking to each other. My sister and I always talk English to each other, um, but we do it in a very Denglish, a ding- German English accent. So we because we're basically always f- making fun, and we had no idea if the English we were talking was, like. Was it English enough or was it German accented? We had no clue. <laughs> so we asked him for his opinion midway through the audition. That's yeah, awesome. that's that's that was the the beginning of a, a horrifying friendship, friendship with oh. lots of okay, <laughs> fine, <teeth. laughs> like horrifying, sure, <laughs> wonderful yet horrifying. Speaking of speaking of acting, are there any of genres that you prefer acting, and have you acted in other things? Um, I think before the White Vault, I have not really um, acted in. Well, I have acted in one thing that I wrote like f- three or four years ago at this point, but it wasn't very good, and I tried to keep it under wraps at this point. You <laughs> <laughs> don't speak of it. <laughs> um, but White Vault was really the first thing that I acted in for longer. And then, uh, are there genres you prefer to listen to? Someone asked, what is in your ears other than wax? I mean, podcasts or music. <laughs> what are your interests? Um, I personally prefer fantasy, but there's not a lot, a lot of that out there. There's um, not a lot. No. Ancestry is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it is, but it's also just two hours, and it's not continued since. <laughs> 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 I already listened to that. <laughs> That's true. Ancestry book one. Yeah, I I would prefer if he uh, produced it in episodes instead of two hour chunks, which take him years to make. <laughs> Sorry, Dane, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and they are fantastic. Any any other preferences on on podcasts that you enjoy? I make a point of listening to everything that I get recommend get recommended at least twice by uh, friends and other people. <laughs> that can be hard to do. Yeah, very. But well, I try. I um, and also I I set myself this goal to listen to everything from start to to the point where I catch up to everything. That is why I was also stuck with the Night Vale stuff for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of backlog. <laughs> yes, whether I enjoy it or not, I will listen to it uh, the entire time. <laughs> That's a very intense mindset. Yeah. Well, I finish everything I do instead of uh, starting something and then finishing it. Uh, not finishing it, sorry. You're also the first to submit all of your dialogue. You're like, here's here's everything from episode one to the last one I'm in. Uh, was it? You you were. You were pretty quick. No, I think I... Punctual. I, <laughs> I think I uh, pushed it in front of me for a very long time. I, I read the scripts beforehand, but I didn't record. And then suddenly you, um, you wrote emails and said... 
we have a deadline. Please submit by then and then. I was like, oh shit. And then I had to. (laughs) 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 And then I recorded, I think, chunks of three episodes per day at that point and tried to edit them and send them to you as I went. I I don't think I submitted all the episodes at once. (laughs) No, you were pretty quick, though. It was like almost back to back to back submissions. (laughs) I tried. Faster than I could edit them, for sure. Now, do you do you, list, do you read the entire script, or do you just do, like, here's my character's scenes? Um, I, I, since I read it beforehand, I already knew where wh- what things were happening. Um, okay, so you read the entire script. Yeah, so so at that point, I didn't... I I, um, I already read the scenes where my char- character was, was in. That makes sense. Yeah. And then... Um, what other questions do we have? That That, that is some of the... I'm, I'm sort of... I'm putting the questions in organically. <laughs> okay. Inserting them. Um, do you have any sort of uh, pre-recording warm-ups that you go through before you record your lines? <laughs> Not really, but I talk to my bunnies a lot, so I'm basically warmed up a little. <laughs> so it's always fresh. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. We have an artwork question, which is uh, out of place, but it's it's where we, we have it and we need a. <laughs> So much for organic. <laughs> yeah, so much for, oh, it's going to come up organically. Well, most of them, most of them. You know, I, I have to say a rule so I can break it immediately after. Um, what was your inspiration for the artwork on the White Vault? I can't, I, I'm not sure. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Caitlin um, sent me a bunch of um, uh, inspiration boards or something. Or, or I, like, I kind of, we went back and forth with a few, yeah. like, images and... You told me what, uh, you, what you had in mind for the, Im- for the image, and then... Um, yeah, think and you, you made it come to life. <laughs> 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 but I, I think uh, the main thing was we knew we wanted the bunker, and I told you I don't want to be another dark, yeah. dark-colored oh, yeah. horror. I want it to look bright and stand out amongst all of the, like... Which really makes dark, sense, considering black. there's a lot of snow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> black snow would just look weird. It's like we can get away with it. <laughs> Were there any other uh, visual inspirations you drew from with uh, even after you got Caitlin's initial like do this, this, and this sort of stuff? Um, I think at most I looked up what bunkers looked like, but I'm not sure if they were in in in, in Svalbard specifically or if it was um, Alaskan. Uh, not Alaskan, sorry, uh, Arctic Greenland. <laughs> that was the. I, I I remember I sent you. Um, like a picture of a really dinky bunkler, bunk, bunkler, bunker, <laughs> bunker from like Greenland or something that's used for like ice cores. And I was like, look at this yeah. dinky little building. <laughs> I, I think I remember you said you didn't want it to look super scientific, but very compact and not too much stuff hanging around. Yes, small. And, uh, I sent you the picture of the one from NASA that is in. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the picture of the one that's uh, NASA has a, a, a station in Svalbard. Yeah. And I sent you that one. And I was like, see how small it is, but without the radar dishes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, another another acting question. We're going to go back to acting. Um, <laughs> this is sort of also in podcasting. Are there any pet peeves you have in the podcasting verse or in, within acting specifically as it pertains to podcasting? Um, you mean when I do it or when I listen to other actors? You know, the question wasn't really that particular, so I'll, I'll say whichever you're, you're feeling. What I hate when I act is when my voice does really strange things. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember I, I had a line in um, Pied Piper thingy, and I had, like, one line um, that was basically just, like, my, uh, my cheese, it whistles in the breeze. And <laughs> my voice kept doing this thing, <laughs> and I couldn't get it under control. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my, yeah, it was about um, the the rats were ah the the rats were eating through the cheese and I was like the cheese monger, and <laughs> so so the cheese was whistling in the breeze, <laughs> but my voice whenever I said that sentence was doing this really weird thing and I don't know how to get it under control so I I had to say that one sentence a lot of time until I had one recording that didn't do it. <laughs> So, so this happens sometimes because my, my voice, I don't know, I don't have it under control very well. <laughs> you fooled us. <laughs> I sure did. Um, that is the reason I also said I record it, but I still need to edit it. Um, because I have this tendency to, um, I have, what's it called, a frog in my, uh, in my throat that I always have to go. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's stuck and it's it just happens particularly when i talk a lot and i always have to edit those out <laughs> that's why i edit yep. everything before i send it off to you because i don't want you to deal with that <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did a live show earlier in the year uh, in when? marchish <laughs> well you were there you were what? there and how did you how did you get through the frog in your throat for the live show okay first of all can we just talk about how God, that was this year. This is a long year. It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> we actually met in person. You came to New York. It was nice meeting you for the first time. And, you too. And like awkwardly standing <laughs> at the airport with a, a thing that said Dr. Karina Schumacher Weiss and not knowing what you look like because I'm face blind. <laughs> oh, man. That was this year. That was this year. That was a lot of fun. That makes me feel so tired. Because <laughs> the year's That's already fun. ending? Yeah. yeah. We're in the holiday stretch. So how was how was the live show experience there for you, Cassie? It was amazing. I loved it. I um I mainly um the reason I said I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you guys too. We're gushing over here. Um, <laughs> miss you. So when I started g- uh, getting into the uh, audio drama community, I mainly did it to get out of my comfort zone and get um get over a lot of my anxi- anxieties. Um, in order to be able to talk to people and such, which I managed to do by collaborating with some peeps, like for the artwork and stuff, and uh, asking voice actors for takes and whatever. And then the first thing I voiced, and, and suddenly you asked me to come to a live show, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like even All further in. outside of your comfort zone, so far outside your comfort zone, it's in a different country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And what was what was the uh, being on stage thing thing like? You know, not recording with multiple takes and kind of being able to do it again and do it again and do it again until it's right, but having to actually do it in time with the sounds of penguins that I'm pushing in the background. <laughs> I I actually uh, loved the entire thing before and after the, sh- the the live show. I mean, the live show was great, but I loved what I loved even more was uh, was the the stuff we did in the B- uh, Airbnb. Airbnb, yeah, yeah. To clarify, we rented a, a five bedroom airbnb for super cheap and not so nice part of town and we it was in jersey and it had rats we were, we were literally in outpost freestead like <laughs> you know we were having a good time with minimal insulation but uh and, and minimal supplies as the coffee dwindled but it was it was great like just hanging out and meeting people and being really chill um, and getting to hang out with the no sleep people was also fun well i got to meet people and what? <laughs> I, like my my comfort zone is probably pretty similar to Kessie's where it's usually like I'm just gonna stay in my basement and write and work on my computer why do I have to go outside <laughs> <laughs> and my editing is the same way just that screen but when we were invited to do the live show I was like holy crap how are we gonna get people from like Iceland Germany and the UK to come on over so we could get this done, and then everybody ended up being awesome. So at least you weren't a murderer. Yay. <laughs> I, I feel like I say this a lot, but it's it's really nice to talk to you, Kessie, and have you actually talking back to me, and I'm not just not talking <laughs> to my editing program because <laughs> I edit your voice a lot. <laughs> you're having the opposite. You're having the opposite um, thing right now uh, from what I had when we recorded the dark dice. <laughs> when, when you talked to me, and I didn't realize I was supposed to respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's like listening to the podcast yeah wait i'm not listening to something right now wait what people are oh, talking no. to me <laughs> yeah you d- we did a D thing that was a lot of fun um what was your experience like actually getting to to chat with the cast and play D? Uh, i know i had fun it was fun but i almost would have preferred if we had time to get to know each other because it was the first time um getting to know i think wait how many people all of us how many people there were, seven were we? Of us. Six, seven, seven? No. Seven with seven? the with the silent one. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> that one that snuck in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, even though I fought, felt very jealous of Hem and Aether because suddenly they were really in character, having those amazing talks. I was like, what? Have those guys <laughs> met before? <laughs> <laughs> You recently did your first foray into producing as well, right? With, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Volpertingers. Volpertingers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is fantastic, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) It's a free podcast from 11th Hour Audio. We can find it on 11th Hour on Uh, 11th Hour Audio Production is the feed, I think. Go check it out. (laughs) It's it's very good. And what was that like? 
And what's it about? So Wolpertingers is about um, these little creatures that are like jackalopes uh, that are uh, Bavarian folklore. I think they are like jackalopes, but cooler because they can also have wings and be composed of other animals. And um, they might fuck me in my childhood because I'm from original from Bavaria and uh, a lot of people had uh, stuffed Wolpertingers in their homes. When I was asked f for 11th hour if I wanted to write, act, or um, do any other part of production. And then I suddenly had this idea, because uh, as I said, Wolpertingers are composed of different uh, animals other than jackalopes, because jackalopes are just an uh, bunnies with horns. I wanted to come up with something new for horror. That is the, the reason I put in narration, because uh, I noticed when you try to bring in something new in horror, because everyone already knows like vampires and zombies, everyone knows how those work, but I wanted to try something differently, so I tr brought in narration, also because uh, German audio drama traditionally has a lot of narration, um, so I wanted to embrace that style. What is the actual folklore behind them that, that you're I, based I'm on? I'm not exactly sure what the folklore is. I just know that um, that uh, taxidermists and hunters uh, used to tr try and fool people, uh, local uh, locals, by um, suing animals together and be like, oh, look, I found this very rare animal. It's a mixture of a, a rabbit with a... With, um, Chicken wings and no, not chicken wings. Fuck <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> And a foxtail and a duck's feet and uh, horns and I don't know a rooster's tail feathers and all that kind of stuff. So they tried to make the most obscure animals and stuff them and try to sell them. I think crazy. And okay. uh, I I do remember that my dad once took me to a. Uh, a convention where we saw those for the very first time and i was really fascinated by them since then very cool so to clarify 11th hour productions um you're given one month to basically produce and create a uh, a, a new story from scratch in the horror genre typically i think yeah you you do have time to write before october that is the only leeway they give you like no um voice acting and nothing is supposed to be done before october starts actually yeah. we have another question kind of in the vein mm -hmm. of um sort of writing so what suggestions do you have to make your dialogue written by english speakers sound more authentic in german in terms of construction of idioms how do you make it more der hammer Wait, how english speaking voice actors record german lines or the other way around no it, it's a it's a question asking how how have you helped when i've sent you like german <laughs> lines and you've been like oh nobody says that or uh, yeah. oh that makes no sense so um, how how is it that um you've helped create a better German version of Karina? Um, I think most of it has to do with the fact that I managed to read everything beforehand so I knew where where the, the, uh, the lines were going because I, in my opinion like uh, German sounds differently if you record it on a phone just for yourself because you know you're going to send it on or if you are talking to, an, to a, um, a vo voicemail um, and I think I, I asked you that beforehand for the in the first episode where Karina sends stuff to her mom, mm -hmm. a voice clip. So I wrote it how it would sound more natural, to me at least. Because, oh yeah, that 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 is a nice crossover to a question you had earlier, pet peeve. Um, because I noticed the reason I got into English speaking audio drama more than I into German is because I feel like German acting and writing generally feels very Shakespearean or something like that, like very, no like one grand? says it like that. Un no, no, unnatural. Unnatural. It feels more forced. Yeah, very forced. I feel like no one would ever talk that way in, in German <laughs> audio drama. It just doesn't feel natural at all. And I, f I, I love that uh, English-speaking audio drama at least tries to be somewhat resembling natural dialogue. <laughs> okay, I can, I can follow that. That makes a lot of sense. And then another question for you. Mm -hmm. How awesome was it to voice the evil version of Karina? <laughs> what was that process like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I had too few lines. Oh, too few. <laughs> too did, you, few. did you have fun with it? Did you have fun with it? <laughs> yes. I, I love that I got to talk different languages because I 
um, I love talking in languages I don't actually speak. <laughs> and to clarify, there was there was a lot of work in that. You had to like not only record the line once in English, but then you had to record it in a bunch of other languages at the same speed. Yeah. With the same tonation and the same emphasis. Which was very hard because one of those languages was Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and Spanish is not the same as Icelandic at all. No. Icelandic is like, it tries to squeeze everything into one word. Meanwhile, Spanish is like, oh yeah, maybe 10 words will do or something. <laughs> to get the same thing across. It was magic. It really was. So we, we have... Uh, Another interesting question. We're kind of getting into to like a story time. Do you have? Uh, we're on the eve of Krampusnacht today as we're recording this. This won't be released till, of course, Christmas, yeah. and Krampus will have visited the naughty children of the world. But Krampus has his roots, from my, what I understand, in Bavaria. Is that correct? Yes, it, uh, he has his roots in Bavaria, but even further south than where I'm from. So I'm from um, from very far north in Bavaria. The area okay. is called uh, Würzburg. Or rather, in, in Franken, Unterfra uh, yeah, Unterfranken, and um, which is like on the on the northern outskirts of Bavaria. But Krampus is very far um, south, where the Alps are. Uh, so it, he basically originated from the area, and then I guess he's uh, he's gained influence throughout the German people, and somehow it, it he's now come to America to beat naughty children senseless. It is a very um, pre Christ pre pre Christian. Um, uh, tradition. It was uh, usually done by the Bavarians before Christianity came there, or rather, it, it managed to survive because it was um, stationed in the Alps, because the Christians tried to root out all the pagan traditions, um, but they couldn't really keep track of everyone that was in the Alps, because who the fuck goes into the mountains to check what the fuck they are doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. We don't have to try. <laughs> and to clarify, Krampus is like, uh, from a modern perspective, he's sort of a Christmas devil. If you're good, Santa visits you. If you're bad, Krampus visits you and, and beats um, you bloody with a, a switch um, and puts you in a bag. Not not quite. That's the diluted form of it. Um, diluted. What's the, what's the true form? Um, so the true form was that um, because in the Alps, the environment is very harsh. People tried to get rid of winter somehow and tried to chase away the winter, de uh, not the winter demons, the winter spirits uh, uh. by dressing up as uh, demons and tried to scare the winter spirits away. And that is why on the 6th of December, they um, dressed up in those, um, like they, they put on horns, put on wooden masks, put on animal um, furs of, uh, of sheep and um, put on a lot of, uh, cow bells, those really big ones, you know, those... Yeah, the enormous ones. Yeah, those very big <laughs> ones. <laughs> so they made a lot of noise, and they tried to be as, as mean and um, as terrifying as possible, and they ran through the city... Uh, not the city, uh, the, <laughs> the villages. <laughs> they didn't have cities up there. <laughs> as much as they tried, they don't have cities. And um, they tried to be very scary, so the, um, the winter spirits would go away. Winter spirits are like, man, these cr freaking... Humans be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did that sounds a lot like Halloween? How did that adapt to having a central figure? You mean a Krampus? Yeah. How did it evolve from like let's all dress up and scare the winter spirits to there's now a, like a central figure, Krampus? Um, there were there were actually several different figures, but I think the Krampus is the most um, well known because it is uh, it was the tradition that was most upheld in uh, all the little villages because there's a lot of them up in the Alps. Uh, the Krampus was um, primarily male, but there's also a female version, which is called uh, in German. I will translate it for you. Fellhure in German. In, in, in English, it's <laughs> fur whore. <laughs> <laughs> Very family friendly. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, the white world is family friendly, isn't it? Oh, totally, totally. And she, is she like the basically exactly like Krampus, but but female. I'm not sure if she's exactly like Krampus. I just know that I, I I think they also put on furs, but I don't know if they do the whole horn and wooden mask thing and everything like that. Okay. Um, Interesting. But um, so the reason the Krampus lore uh, managed to survive was uh, because, as I said, the, the the people in the Alps they continued doing it, and um, throughout the years the Christians tried and tried again to to convince all those 
uh, stupid pagans to turn over to the Christianity, but they just wouldn't budge. And eventually they brought in the whole St. Nicholas um, uh, thingy and told him, hey, St. Nicholas is cool. He uh, He's very... Uh, he, he, he gave stuff to people and um, is a nice guy and whatever. I'm not sure how it evolves, but eventually they, they combined it so that St. Nicholas would go uh, around through the little villages and um, on the 6th of uh, November, not, not November, December. <laughs> and um, he had a fellowship of Krampuses. Or Krampuses, I don't know, Kramp, Kramp, Kramp. Oh, 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 I have a fun fact for you, fun fact. I realized what the origin of the word Krampus is, which was Krampen, which means claws. And apparently that's the same word origin of Krampens. Yes, Krampens. <laughs> it all comes full circle to the white vault. That's why he was so good at walking around the mountains. Big claws. Yeah. Big crampons. <laughs> that one word oh, I didn't know in the entire script of the White Vault. Crampons, what the fuck is that? It's still a wonderful blooper. Available to all patrons at the $1 and above. $5 and above? $5 and above. Spoiler level. alert, it contains crampons. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they wanted the, the snow spirits to go away, but they also liked the gift-giving element. That's that's pretty cool, yeah. and it survived. And it's, <laughs> is it, it's still practiced today, from what I understand, uh, in, yes, in Germany. Yes, in the Alps, it's, it's practiced today, and it's embraced more than before. Because even <laughs> uh, after World, World War II, they tried to root it out still. Well, I was going to crack a joke about how it's like the Christians come in and say oh, hey, this season isn't scary. Here's a, a saint coming around giving all your good kids some toys. And all the people in the Alps were like, but our children are crap. <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we punish them instead of giving them presents? I realized that a lot of, um, even the, um, the, the, tradi- the, the traditions from where I am from are very much based around the Krampus tradition um, and the mentality around it. Because the Krampus is supposed to always walk around with this... Um, this uh, bag on his back. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. I, re- I don't remember what it's called. Um, the, the, it's uh, it's woven out of stuff. Like it's a basket. About ba- it's like a basket. Yeah, it's a basket on his back, and um, he's supposed to put the little children that are not behaving in there, if he isn't eating them beforehand, <laughs> and carry <laughs> them off. And um, uh, a lot of uh, Bavarian um, folklore is based on scaring the shit out of kids so they behave. <laughs> and apparently this was not a thing over here because right now I'm in North Rhine-Westphalia which is um, like in the center west of not yeah center west of Germany <laughs> <laughs> next to Belgium and France you know that that little section of Germany and um, apparently <laughs> apparently um, according to my sis anyway who grew up here um, uh, no <laughs> everyone tried to touch their kids with uh with, with velvet gloves, that's the word, sorry. Oh, yes, okay. Yes, velvet gloves. <laughs> you know, they try to be like, oh, we cannot scare them. That's too mind-fucking to them. Oh. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay. our kids were hit with straw um, um, stuffs, <laughs> straw <laughs> bundles of straw that you use to sweep up the, the stuff from the floor. <laughs> like like broom, broom like stuff. Little, like little yeah, makeshift brooms. Based, yeah, brooms. Straw brooms. Straw brooms. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the anecdote I wanted to tell you about because even though it was very diluted where I'm from on on the sixth of sixth uh, um, of December, the Ni- Saint Nicholas Day was always celebrated and the um, the Saint Nicholas would come to each house where there were children present and um, tell them if they have behaved throughout the year or if not and in most cases. St. Nicholas had this um, this guy following him around. His name was Knecht Ruprecht. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's originated from Krampus because uh, <laughs> he was he would he uh, was said to be the one to um, scold the kids and um, basically carry not carry out justice, but <laughs> <laughs> for those ch- children supervillains out there, yeah. and carry out justice. <laughs> find the right words today um happy holidays <laughs> <laughs> justice is served with a broom <laughs> yes he carried out justice with a broom on little kids and um, <laughs> i actually had a neighbor's neighbor's kids who was terrified of the 6th of december like most kids were 
Yay! For, uh, we already get presents on that day because you get little presents before you get another um, bunch of presents for the 24th or 25th in your case. And um, most of the kids I knew were terrified of that day. They were like, can we please just skip this day? And they were hiding you know, <laughs> in their rooms. They were crying because most parents would gather together. So the Nicol uh, the St. Nicholas only had to come to one place. And um, so we had always had like a bunch of kids around. <laughs> and everyone was crying. At that <laughs> no, he's coming. And then like uh, he would always knock on the door. And um, the, the parents would try to calm the kids down before he entered. But as soon as the knocking on the door happened, the crying would start again. <laughs> An eruption of tears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had, I had um, a neighbor that tr tried to hide under the Christmas tree when it was already put up on the top. For a swift, <laughs> swift infliction of justice. <laughs> this, is, this is both terrifying, sad, and, and crazy all at once. That is sadly the only thing I can tell you about this lore. Although that's, thank you. And um, that's insanely enlightening and educational and topical as, as today is the fifth, yes. the eve of the sixth is upon us. Yeah. Uh, where I'm from, we don't actually celebrate on the fifth. Apparently the fifth is only celebrated further down south where the Krampus lore originates with the Krampus run. Ran, run, Krampus run. run. <laughs> Krampus run. Where the Krampus still runs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Run wild and free. <laughs> I wonder if the Krampus run originates from Krampus having to travel to try and scare away the spirit, the winter spirits. Mm, apparently, I think so. Um, because they were trying to make a lot of noise on that day. I'm, I don't know why they picked exactly that day. but well, <laughs> That's the need of the crying children. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> More noise. The, the Krampus... Um, folklore lived on because uh, the Christians um, were more afraid of their environment than the Christians trying to kill them because they wouldn't come up that mountain. <laughs> so they said basically, no, fuck you Christians, we're more afraid of nature than you. <laughs> Sounds about right. So we have another another question for you. Yep. Uh, two, two actually that are kind of in the same vein. Oh, I apologize. It's a Caitlin question. So Caitlin, how much historical context was used to create the underground village for the White Vault? So, I mean, there's research for the historical context of everything that I've put in there. Um, most recently, people are asking about the the note from the Finnish soldier who talked about Germany. And the first assumption is always something entirely inaccurate because everything that I've written is grounded in some kind of actual happening. And nobody's found out yet. Bum, bum, bum. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... You did research, though, for the underground village. It wasn't just you decided, like, okay, I'm going to put a, a pyramid here. And <laughs> no, like... I know I know exactly what I was trying to create. Okay. But I don't like to spoil anything. And nobody's here Nobody's here to listen to me talk. They're here to listen to Kessie. <laughs> so, Kessie, on that note, what, uh, what creature from German folklore do you think would be just or more terrifying as whatever is hunting the team at Outpost Freestead, which we still don't know what it is? No spoilers. No All spoilers. All the tingers. All the <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we gave you the script for season two, so you're still, I think, in the dark just as much as, as everyone um, you, else. You gave point. it to me, the entire script, even though I only had, like, those two lines. Oh, don't lines. tell Caitlin. Don't tell Caitlin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't read them because I wanted to, to listen. You but should be more scared of Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I'm getting glares from the other side of the room. So Vulpertingers would be would be interesting. That would be a very strange and delightfully creepy threat. Polar bear Vulpertingers. Polar bear Vulpertingers. Now that's terrifying. What would they be mixed with in, in this in this mythos? Walruses. Walruses. My eyes just went wider than I've ever seen <laughs> Another question for you. How do you have the most amazing blooper reels? I, this is just one that came in. I, I'm not sure if I should keep this, but it seemed like you'd get a, maybe a kick out of answering I think this she one. has the best bloopers. You really do. <laughs> I can't compete with David Ald. <laughs> no, I, I think you really have some of the best ones. I mean. For outtakes. Absolutely. Because like, you just go off the rails sometimes when you're recording and you're just like, I'll include this. And you send it over to us. And then we're just laughing our butts off. By the way, if you ever need a werewolf. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> But if it's, um, 
I think it's because um I, because I already I talk with my body so much I often just <laughs> say whatever comes to mind and I do that with my sis too. And because my sis and my bunnies are basically the only ones I ever talk to, I just continue doing that in the recording booth as well. <laughs> like, I felt like we were, we were like, really good friends before we'd actually even exchanged more than, like, three or four sentences to, to each other. <laughs> it was like, oh, by the way, Travis, this, let me give you another take. This one's, like, the train person in the episode one. You're like, oh, I'm going to do a, a joking train narrator because they sound a lot more sensual. And then we wound up using it for the actual thing because it's how they actually sound. <laughs> Yeah, that I just remembered that from um, that I was joking a lot about that when I, I still use public transport that that they always sounded very sensual, and then I saw that <laughs> line and I was like, ah, oh, you probably don't know about this, but let me t- uh, t- um, record this for you just in case you need it, because because I was I was already thinking ahead. Do you need a new uh, person to record this? I can just do that for you, or maybe sis can record it for you. <laughs> It was perfect. And you sent it over and we're like, yep, just use it. <laughs> Sounds good. No, 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 that's Karina as well. Talk, <laughs> our little secret. Shh, Karina used to work for the uh, the train station. <laughs> doing all the recordings before she got her PhD. <laughs> we have one anonymous question that uh, that came from someone without a name. They asked, who's your favorite documentarian? <laughs> uh, I, I could tell you her name, but then I would have to kill you. <laughs> mm. And she said that she had a hard time being evil. You have an easel, evil, evil. <laughs> you have an easy time being evil. She has an, she has an easy time being justice. That's <laughs> did you guys, uh, did the cast have a, a running bet on uh, who, would, who would disappear first? And how far in advance did you know when Karina would potentially disappear from the main cast list? Well, Without back, getting into spoilers. Uh, back when you sent out the, the script, I, um, I didn't yet uh, have any contact with the other <laughs> cast members yet. That only happened um, after, uh, while we recorded Dark Dice and then later the live show. So we didn't really have a running bet. Um, and I also, I, I think I read all the scripts within a week. Um, mm. so, so I didn't really had time to say, hi, you want to... Uh, when I have a bet, when <laughs> who dies first? <laughs> did you have any? Did you personally think like, oh yeah, so and so is gonna die before before me? Um, Maybe it was premonition or something. But I do remember I was like, nah, she's not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. Maybe that was just you being hopeful when you found out how annoying it was to work with us. I was like, <laughs> I, I hope my character dies. I want to do this. <laughs> uh, no, um, one of the reasons I don't really like horror is that I can fairly early on tell who dies or what happens later on and i don't know why i know such things might be my name (laughs) (laughs) fun fact my my real name is cassandra so no one believes me that i have premonitions i I think it was uh, the fact um that you played karina very hard on the emotional side like oh she has she has like the most to lose uh, apart from jonas and uh no actually it was just jonas i think that had a lot of to lose well, you find out later on that um, it's already it's already happened. You can okay, talk about so it. yeah, you find out later on that Graham also has mm. a, a daughter, and uh, that's yeah, but already it, been... it didn't happen in the scripts that I read. So um... no, 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 because uh, he doesn't talk about it. Not yeah. like Jonas talks about it. So. Yeah. So I I know, everybody has something to lose, but it's it, just. Uh... And I think it was it was the fact <laughs> that uh, Karina was the one that that had the most ties back to her home because Jonas for for Jonas it was just like another gig, uh, yeah, gonna be home soon. And Karina um, was basically always playing on the oh um, I miss you so much I wish I would be home I miss the times blah 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 and so so on. And I think because of that. I, I already knew she's not going to make it. <laughs> she's not going to make it. <laughs> Caitlin is trying too hard to make people like this character. She's not going to make it. It, takes, <laughs> it is so difficult to get people to have an emotional connection because if you take too long, they're bored. Yeah. If you make it too fast, they're like, oh, I, it was so forced. And I'm like, just, ah. And to clarify, Karina is the only character to date with fan art. Two pieces, two pieces of fan art. Oh, yeah. They're very well done. And the polar bear. And the polar bear. <laughs> yes, that's that's true too. That's how could I forget? How could I forget? Actually, the polar bear is no longer a secret character. It's been unlocked. We've heard that episode. Very good. So, other than her fiance, what do you think Karina misses most about home? Better coffee, perhaps. Maultaschen. 
And I think her mom, uh, like, yeah, both her parents. That makes sense. Well, Karina was the youngest person at Outpost Freestead. She was like newly a doctorate. I mean, she has a backstory. I just haven't revealed it to anybody. (laughs) So she was the youngest person there. So she still has all of those like emotional attachments to parents and that idea of like, oh, what's life going to be like? And basically hopeful. Oh, future. Uh, I don't know what the future holds, but hey, it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to reveal it, but how how far down the rabbit hole does the the backstory go? Is it like a very expanded one or is it just like you have a paragraph somewhere written on a text document hidden on your computer, protected by like three passwords (laughs) that have to all be entered at the same time? And one of them is justice. (laughs) You will never know. (laughs) So you you have some something. Okay. I don't know yet whether or not it'll come up, so... Okay, so you out. you have but you have something maybe in mind, perhaps more than we know. Cool. Plot twist: she was probably pregnant. No, oh. no, no, no. Just to play more on the emotional I, side. I, oh my I god, she had a child. I hate those twists. Huh? I hate those twists. Every single time I watch a show or a movie or something. <laughs> That's why like, I said it. <laughs> oh, she's I was like, I was like, mother fudger, why is this always happening? No, we know it. Everybody knows it. We went through this entire episode and she didn't drink an entire glass of wine. So we know it already. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> And just to check, uh, do you have any other other scary stories for us, Kessie? If you don't, that's totally fine. I can edit this question out. <laughs> well, I could tell you about that black door I found this uh, morning in in uh, the basement of our office. <laughs> what? So wait, so you found a, a black door? Where? I, re- I wrote it writ- wrote it earlier in the in the group chat. <laughs> you probably didn't read it. <laughs> I've been, I just woke up and it's been a crazy morning and I was like, my computer wasn't working and then I had stuff to edit and release. And what, what, what is this? You found a door? Uh-huh. So, a black door. Uh-huh. So let me start at the beginning. So our office um, is in a very old factory building and um, we used to rent it with other people, like other offices, but gradually over the last past, uh, past few years, the other offices left us. So it's just our office that uh, rents it. And so we've been trying to rent away this, uh, the, the, the office space so we wouldn't lose money because we are a very small office. And so we, we managed to rent it to uh, um, uh, a Russian art rock band that is now taking the space in our basement because they wanted to do a sound booth there. Um, okay. So in order for them to be able to use that space, we had to move a lot of our stuff because we <laughs> we were the only ones living there and uh, not living like uh, that, that, that used the space. We just threw everything everywhere. So we needed to clean it up um, and move everything into a corner to make space for the, for the uh, Russian art rock band. And while moving stuff, we realized in one of the rooms, which is completely painted in black because it was used to be a, um, a photo studio, we realized behind, behind one of those shelves was a door, <laughs> a black door. And we never realized it was there. <laughs> so my sis and I went down there um, today to check what was down there. So did you? So you saw, you found a creepy black door, and you decided like, okay, tonight we're going in, or is this like during the daytime? It was operation? during the daytime during our okay. break, um, but it was a black room. Took things safely. It, like as I said, it was a black room because it was a photo studio. So we decided, let's peek into that room. <laughs> what was what was inside? It was a very small room, um, like it was only like uh, an arm's length wide. Like we could could we could just opened the door and then the wall started but it was very long and then I found a switch to turn on the light and it turns out it was a recording booth (laughs) (laughs) so you're you're building a recording room and you've already got the recording that's awesome it's too small for the band because they need to put their instruments in there but we opened the door and like half the walls were cushioned with um, um noise absorption foam this those peaked ones those with a little pyramid yeah. on top and it was like half the half the room was cushioned with that stuff and we opened it and was like, <laughs> like this has been here for the past 10 years <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome <laughs> we did not know this room existed <laughs> we actually we were doing some similar construction deconstruction uh in our house oh yeah and we took up some floorboards and we found like these creepy little note cards 
that are oh, like yeah. an old board game. <laughs> and it says, find the red card and, and just do what it says. <laughs> so I found the red card and it was a book of matches. And then I found another card and it's like, go further two more hops is that the ski sticks at the door and like it was getting really really weird and creepy and it it had like a full-blown rat skeleton like just the skeleton and it was totally fused together and uh beyond the the skeleton of the rat clinging to the cards (laughs) it was actually very strange how well articulated the skeleton still was oh it had been there forever our house is from 1905 so it's like really old and then there were like marbles and darts and other creepy creepy (laughs) things in there to go with the creepy board game thing. Did you find a board game? Uh, yeah, it's it's called something Mr. Hop's Grand Adventure <laughs> or something. I don't remember. It's it's a you play as a bunny rabbit. Bunnies. Yeah, actually <laughs> this is topical. <laughs> you play as a bunny and there are these evil birds called ski sticks. They're like really creepy crow people that mm-hmm. uh, try to mess up your day while you're trying to hop. Yeah. <laughs> go on a pub hop. But I went on a, a bunny tangent there. <laughs> Wolpertingers! Um, <laughs> How do you feel your reception as Karina? Like, what was the reception for your character's death like as the from the perspective of the person who voices a character who people actually really liked, who is now dead do or mean, gone? Or... Do you mean uh, while I was recording it, or do you mean f- f- um, the reception of the people that commented on it, like uh, the, the audience? Let's go for both. What's How do you feel about it? I think I, uh, since I ex- expected that she would go, I was like, oh, yeah, well, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so blase. <laughs> or rather, I was like, hmm, maybe she survives into season two. I know she's gone from the main group. <laughs> I don't remember how what, what I was feeling when I read it. I was just like, oh, I guess she's gone. But I do not remember if I had any more thoughts back then. (laughs) And then looking back, you know, having people experience the character's death and and that, what's the reception been as uh, on on your end now? I think she was very much liked by a lot of people. Apparently, I didn't really know about this until, um, like, I saw the fan art and the the people that, um, I remember you sent me screenshots from Twitter where this was, before yeah. the episode came out where Karina vanished, where people were like, if you make anything happen to her, I'll, we will riot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wow, getting emotional there, huh? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people tweeting, Karina, no! <laughs> I didn't even notice those. But that's because I don't tweet a lot, so I have to rely on people sending me screenshots. <laughs> I have to say, it was also, um, it was really cool. You, as an actress, from, like, episode one to episode ten. I warmed up. Well, we got to go back and do some retakes for the the parts that we needed to hit again, but you were phenomenal for, like, this is your first big character, and you you did a great job. I'm really, I'm proud of the work you've done. (laughs) That makes sense. Thank you, Travis Senpai. Thank you. Hope to have you back on something else. (laughs) Maybe Karina has a twin sister. I don't, probably not. We're going full blown like telenovela then. <laughs> telenovela, yeah, it, yeah, that would be. It was also really surprising that you invited me for the live show after Karina basically died at the end of season one. I was like, but Karina dead. Well, the live show is uh, a pre-story. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that beforehand. I was like, but I'm dead. What do you want me for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of of stuff, um, the live show can be heard on our Patreon page. Uh, I'm supposed to plug that once. Per, per episode thing that we actually talk. Also on there, we're going to be putting up a thing called the White Alt, A-U-L-T. <laughs> it's just an episode of David Alt playing everybody, everybody. In, in the show. Uh, it's it's a redo of episode four or five. <laughs> I forget which one. And it's it's like a I, I wrote it to, to try and match the script, and I did kind of a close job. You can, you can be the judge of that. Uh, it's available for people at the $5 level. <laughs> Also, you get Artifact and some other fun stories you'll be releasing very shortly in the new year. And when we complete the season of The White Vault, which we'll complete around March-ish, I think, we will be back in October um, bum, bum, bum. for season three. <laughs> there will be a season three as long as we rewrite it in time and get it produced in time. We have a lot of work ahead of us. And 
that's that's all the big white vault <laughs> announcements if you want bonus content it's on our patreon or you can buy some of it off our website directly if you think patreon is creepy and that's totally cool too and uh if also last but not least uh, if you are listening to podcasts on like itunes and you can't find all the show notes that we're talking about because we, we do put extensive show notes so can i say this part yeah so i used to use apple podcasts as my podcast provider and it updated like last year or something and now it's horrible so if you're looking for a new place to listen to podcasts you can download the himalaya app and it has so far been the easiest podcasting app i have ever used it's been wonderful (laughs) yeah they they do a lot of really cool things they're working on some neat features that will be really intuitive and in the next year they're going to have some a, a really robust suite of features that are friendly for creators and it actually helps us as the creators create more content and have more contact with you as opposed to sort of this arm's length download the episode and never hear from us except when the next episode comes out there's more interactivity uh, on it as well and it's easy to use and it doesn't have annoying advertisements that make you wait 15 seconds before you can play the episode and then kessie do you have um a show you would like to tell people about that might be coming out in 2019. <laughs> if I get to retakes for the teaser soon. <laughs> I was, I was going to do those this morning, and then we had, like, construction sounds. <laughs> I was like, no! Yeah, so um, um, I've been working for the past two years on um, a, a high fantasy series called Counterbalance, and which will hopefully start uh, beginning 2019, I hope. I have the first teaser almost ready. <laughs> I'll finish the parts, I swear. Uh, do you want Tonight. to hear some familiar voices? <laughs> and can you say, tell us anything about it or more information as to why people would, would check out Counterbalance? What's it called? The summary is basically that uh, the, the magic weave over the mountain of Skunder has ripped apart and let spirits loose into the world. And the only people that can fix this uh, rip in the, in the so-called tangle weave um, are patchers. And we follow the path of a patcher called Raka, who goes to the Skunder to fix uh, this weave. And then will uh, will people be able to subscribe to it around January-ish, you think? You I, might have your I teasers up. So. I hope <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I wanted to, as soon as I have the teaser ready, um, put it up so people can subscribe to it. So, okay, keep, so your, keep your ears peeled for the high fantasy adventure of Counterbalance. By the time <laughs> this releases, you can probably subscribe. Maybe. And maybe, with any luck. Or maybe a week later. You will hear yeah. a lot of familiar voices. I yeah, think a lot I, of voices. <laughs> <laughs> I Quite think I have. I cast everyone from the White Vault. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> chatting with us. It has been a hoot and a half. We've had a great time. We're ready for... Well, I have to say an Americanism. That's This an is where we find out where that Travis is actually like a 65-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a hoot and a half over here. <laughs> No, but we've, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've, we've had our, our sh- fair serving of justice. We are uh, <laughs> we're ready for uh, Krampusnacht. Nacht. And uh, for, for Yuletide tomorrow, Yay. for those who celebrate. Well, I and, don't celebrate. Uh, it's usually celebrated by people that have kids, and I don't have kids. And I don't give my... Well, I would give my bunnies apples, but they get apples every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again, and we look forward to, to hearing more of you on, on Counterbalance and um, somehow maybe shoehorning you into a prequel episode where you're the twin sister of Karina. I don't know. <laughs> because track. I am the writer, not Travis, I'm going to say that's not going to happen. I can be the evil but it's... version of Karina. <laughs> <laughs> or the werewolf version of Karina. <laughs> Oh, if you do want to hear uh, Cassie be a wolf and me be a dwarf and Travis be a DM, do check out our D&D podcast where the people from the White Vault play D&D in a scary, spooky sort of way. And that is Dark Dice. Yes. Come for the horror. Stay for the hurdy-gurdy. It is fun. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys again. I always stick around for the (laughs) hurdy-gurdy. Oh, it's it's good. It's really good hurdy-gurdy. Every episode, new hurdy-gurdy. It's, it's the horror, not so much. The hurdy-gurdy is awesome. Oh, that's, that's to die for, literally. Oh, my but, God. If uh, someone makes that pun one more time, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Happy holidays from us at Fool and Scholar Productions, uh, from Caitlin, myself, and our dog, Izo, who poked his head up for a moment but didn't actually say anything, and uh, from Kessie and our wonderful actor friends, 
Happy holidays. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and keep a listen out for the white halt. <laughs> Done. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.